Welcome to the Game Under Repair podcast. Michael here. Today's show, we'll be starting off by recapping the Sony Open down at Kapalua. This episode, we're going to do a spotlight on a local golf course, Sage Valley Country Club, just outside of Augusta, Georgia. We're going to finish up today with a little game called Who Did That? Where I see if the guys can guess who led different statistical categories for the 2021 PGA season. Should be a good show. Enjoy. start off with this recapping of the sony open hideki matsuyama won in a playoff with uh the first hole playoff eagled 18 great three wood so i guess uh we'll just start before we get too far i guess man what what about that shot man 277 three wood to three feet that was that was insane pat hit that cut before (laughs) yeah when the commentator said it's just an easy 277 three wood part of me kind of like got jealous and then part of me kind of died inside because that's like a good drive for us. But that was an insane shot to put it within a couple, a few feet. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I guess what I was saying is, I think off the tee, if I remember correctly, it was like 260-something. So it was crazy that he literally hit further. He hit three-wood off the tee, went 260-something, and then three-wood into the green for, you know, basically 276 or whatever, you know, a yard short. It was, that was a great shot, obviously. Also, when he hit it, and he put his hand up. I thought he like mishit it, and he was like, "Oh God!" And then the commentators were like, "Oh, he can't see anything." And I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." But dude, he put his hand up so quick. I was like, "Oh my God!" He just like crushed that to the right or something. And then they put the tracer on it. I'll admit I'm jealous. Normally, when I can't see a shot, it does not end up three feet from the hole. Yeah, he he. Uh... It, it was one of those shots where, like, I'm sure he knew where he was going to hit it, and like, that's just a, a feel thing. Like, all right, I, I'm set. Up, I'm set up for the cut. I'm I'm just going to smash it, and it's going to it should be pretty good. He hit it, and I immediately looked back and to his caddy, and uh, it, it just felt like a few seconds went by and just landed middle green and rolled out to three feet. And and going back to back Pat's point, I mean, these guys are professional athletes. We are definitely not professional athletes, and they, they have the strength and they hit a thousand balls a day. So, you know, you should expect some of these shots and pressure moments from these big dudes to, to put it close. And it was a great shot for him. And, you know, to be the first, he's the first multi winner on the PGA tour this season. So I don't know who, who, who had him as far as wins this season, but he's up to two pretty quick. So. So Audie's prediction of wrong for the year. Wait, who did, yeah, who did Audie pick not to win? Was it Matsuyama? Hideki, yeah, it was Hideki. So Audie in the first first two tournaments has already got his uh, pick blown up, so. Uh, but yeah, Nate, speaking of, you know, expecting to hit good shots, I guess Hideki, you know, went up and hit the winning shot. Russell Henley did not, right? Two shots into the bunker off the tee on, on 18, you know, once in regulation and then once in, uh, once in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, we were talking about it prior to recording that, Henley didn't even play that bad. Just Hideki was, once he got in that groove, normally his putting isn't as good as he showcased yesterday, but his putting was on par, and it just added pressure. Henley was just, like you said, on his heel the whole time. Right, so Hen- so Russell Henley this uh, today shot a 29 front nine uh, and a one over back nine for a minus five round, you know, which in most cases when you, when you say you shot you know, minus five on the last day, you, you did with the lead, you know, going into it, you would think you would won, but 
Uh, you know, Matsuyamas went 63-63 on the weekend and, you know, closed it out. Russell Henley had the 63-hole lead by five strokes and didn't win, which I think his betting odds at that point were through the roof, you know, basically a lock to win it. To say you're five shots up through through 63 with nine holes to play and didn't win, that's tough. I mean, that, I think that kind of speaks, though, to how good these golfers are, right? You know, Hideki, I think, just cracked into the top 10 in the world rankings with this win, but you know, probably arguably was a top 10 talent playing like a top 10 talent. So, you know, for Russell Henley to get, you know, chased down like that, you know, really just speaks to how, to the talent of these guys, these top guys on tour. I mean, just the second week in a row, we've had a, a winning score. I mean, I, it could just be Hawaii and the weather and the conditions, but I mean, 34 under, under last week won it and then 23 under, I mean, on the playoff won it this week. And, and it goes again to the talent of the tour you know, you know, how hard these guys work and, or like, I mean, Wesley Bryan, you know, a guy who's only played two events since coming back from his surgery. Uh, he shot 12 under and finished 27th, tied for 27th and 12 under, I mean, 67, 65, 69, 67 gets you tied 27th, which is pretty crazy. So it goes to show how, I don't know, the corn fairy and the PGA, I mean, some of these guys are playing really good golf, but I mean, I know we've seen Harris English blow it last year. Adam Scott has blew a back nine lead in a major. It's like so, someone's always behind you. And uh, it's just, you know, Henley just took his foot off the gas a little bit, didn't play terrible in the back nine. But Hideki had nothing to lose and made a few birdies, and that was a difference. So, I mean, again, and and just I think to point out, I mean, Cameron Smith, 34 under, best round, you know, rounds in a – you know, best score at a PJ Tour event, and then this week he misses the cut, which is pretty crazy. I don't know. You know, he's probably running low off the high of winning, but I don't know if we've seen many guys go back to back. But it's just crazy what he he shot two under and missed the cut after going thirty four under last week. If you're going, if you're in Hawaii for for two weeks and you've already won, I don't know what the purse, what two million bucks the week before. It's like I don't know, maybe just. Take the rest of the day off, you know, get your get your start in, get your round in, and then go enjoy the weekend. Yeah, there was a big graphic when they showed towards the end of the round, there was big implications for Henley because I think that was his invitation if he won to the Masters and to the upcoming tournaments. For Hideki, he was already in the Masters, but it's just crazy to think how if you play, I don't know, if you play, if you play scared to win, you're... It's going to be tough, especially when someone's just on you the whole time, especially on that back nine. He was cruising, and then Hideki just got in a big roll. Hideki's putting last year and up until this week, he was 250th. And this week, he was first by like over a stroke and a half. The common thread, at least with the Zozo, the Masters, and now Sony is... When he's top five in strokes game putting, he's won those. Obviously, his ball striking is there, so it's really just a question of is he going to putt or not. This is his second win. That bodes well for him, and if he's able to keep keep playing like he is, where's his ceiling? Also, he's only 29, which every time they say it, the announcers, the announcers, that's like, I, I can't think of another example. You guys probably have some, but like something that the announcers bring up all the time. Like, every time they pan to him, they're like, can you believe he's only, like, in his 20s? And, like, announcers do that with other sports, too. Like, they did that with Elliot Fry or, like, Fish Fry they'd always bring up with Carolina or um, Jake Bentley should have been in high school for, like, an extra year before he played quarterback for the game. 
sucks, but they say that about Matsuyama every time. And I'm like, this guy's not 30 yet? Then saying he's, like, in his 20s for, like, seven years. Yeah, what's crazy, I was actually, I had that as a question. I was like, without without knowing his age, like, what would you think his age is? Like, I, if you just looked at him, though, like, he looks like he's probably mid-30s, upper 30s. Yeah, so, like, at least. He's yeah. not even 30 yet. It's like, all right, that is kind of impressive. But I think he gets left out when talking about, like, young stars in golf. Like, everyone kind of focuses on the young American golfers and, like, Rory's somewhat in that. But I think Rory's kind of on the cusp. Like, people don't really refer to him when they are referring to, like, JT and Max Homa and Jordan Spieth and stuff. But Matsuyama's, like, the same age and arguably has a bigger impact on his country as an individual like when he won the masters he was like seen as like an olympic champion in japan and has so many people following him and like it's kind of the same thing with shohei otani like and like hideki they both speak japanese they don't uh, speak english or at least in interviews don't but i think people just don't I don't know. It's kind of fascinating, like the graphs or the reach that these international golfers who play well in America like have on the sport. When I think, uh, was it was it Hideki that post or there was that big thing about him going to the Atlanta airport after winning the Masters in his green jacket and just like just like chilling in the airport waiting for <laughs> waiting to catch his flight back to Japan. Yeah, like, he had it just laying across the chair. The yeah, it's just like. Like there's a guy like obviously you know, you know top guy in the game of golf in America, but you know he like Sam you're saying he's you know he's not not going to draw that same crowd here. Um, you know I'm assuming in back in Japan he probably draws a pretty big crowd, but you know I I can't you know he's he's you know I don't know that Speed can pull off you know going to sitting in the airport with a green jacket kind of unbothered waiting for his you know waiting for his flight after after winning you know the Masters. So it's like. And uh, who did that a couple years ago? I think Siwoo Kim did that after he won the Players' Championship. He went through the airport with the trophy, and he bought two, like, business class seats and had the trophy next to him on a flight because he was, like, not making that much money on tour. And he was, like, flying commercial back from the Players' Championship. Yeah, I think uh, Hideki is not, like, flashy like the other guys on social media. I mean, he just – he's pretty behind the scenes. You never know when he's going to play or – where he's at, he just kind of shows up and does well. So I feel like he he kind of doesn't have the uh, the JT or the Max Hama effect. Where I, th- I think JT uh, went back and forth, goes back and forth with like Kevin Kisner because they're Alabama and Georgia people, and they they went they had some Twitter some fun Twitter beef before the national championship. But I think he's pretty quiet. You know, he he doesn't besides being you know that Japanese figure. I would say you know on social media he's pretty quiet and doesn't really you know he kind of stays himself kind of private so i guess this was our second straight weekend down in hawaii we were at kapalua last week walleye uh, this week uh, i guess which i guess what, do, what is your guys impression of the the courses down there in hawaii um i guess i definitely thought that you know kapalua was definitely a much more spectacular golf course on tv i've never been to either uh, never been to Hawaii, but I know like on TV when I was watching Tournament of Champions at Kafalua, it definitely was like, oh, that looks like a golf course, you know, looks looks very tropical, looks, you know, like a Hawaiian golf course. Whereas, you know, I feel like this golf course was just kind of like, you could have probably dropped this in the middle of any, you know, any city and 
it, it would have looked like it was there. So I don't know. I guess would would you guys feel the same way? Feel differently? I, yeah. I mean, one was definitely like on a volcano because you could just there weren't many like trees and stuff outside of the course. You had a lot of like elevation change. So you had some holes that were like 690 yards long, but the drive was like like 80 feet downhill and stuff. So it was like a lot longer. The course for the Sony kind of seemed like not in a retirement neighborhood in like Orlando, but it, there were like a lot of houses along the along the course. People definitely lived on it. It was still in spectacular shape and looked really nice. And you could like see Diamond Head and like houses on the side of a mountain or on the side of the like leftover crater and stuff, which was cool. But I think they were just two very different courses. Like last week, you could bomb the ball down the fairways. And this week, there were a lot of dog legs and like wasn't a lot of super long driving holes. Or if, if you drove it, you took a big risk. I felt um, like the Sony Open uh, was more like a resort style setup. I mean, very nice. Kind of had like the the houses and the beach closed, and then Capala is just I don't know a little more historic with the backdrops and the the shots. Like eighteen was pretty famous, but like Sam said, a lot of elevation and and stuff going on. It it was definitely a, two different courses for sure. The time change going the other way versus like the open and watching golf at like four a.m. but being able to watch it at like nine thirty p.m as the round's finishing and it's like still sunny out and uh like you had playoff football last night and i was flipping back and forth with like matsuyama henley the five hour time change in the other direction is pretty fun kind of like when they have us open or something on the west coast like being able to watch it later um in the day versus like i mean i tried to put it on at like 2 p.m and it wasn't even wasn't even on tv besides like featured groups so that was pretty I kind of like that time change. Yeah, we were going wild in our group chat when Masaya hit the that three wood, and we were honestly surprised that Henley missed the putt on eighteen because that was like centimeters from dropping. And then the fact that he hit back to back shots into the bunker with two different types of hits with his three wood. Now I will say golf is better with an audience. I'm just it was cool seeing the shot with the people kind of crowding the green. That was. A fun. I kind of missed that. Uh, I guess the real question is: is is every tournament just going to finish like that now? Like, is that just going to be how tournaments finish? Is everybody's just going to swarm the 18th green? I'll be down. Are all the tournaments going to finish in like last hole dramatic fashion? I say I hope so. I hope 2022 is the year of like uh, low scores and coming down to the last hole and playoffs. Anytime you're able to get an exciting finish like that, it's like it's pretty cool to see. I guess my closing remarks is going to be that with that win, Matsuyama goes to number one in the FedEx Cup. So, you know, early early on the season, but, you know, quick lead there for Matsuyama. All right, we'll go ahead and transition over to talking about our Sage Valley. Yeah, so Sage Valley is a private course over in um, Grantsville, South Carolina. I was lucky enough to play with a friend that is a member out there. Um, I was kind of like a last-minute fill-in. For a person that couldn't make it and yeah it was overall such a nice course it was an experience that if you ever get a chance to play it i would 100 percent recommend it like recommend it that's near uh augusta right augusta georgia 
Yes, I kind of just plugged in the GPS, but yes, I did get on 20 to Augusta. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, 20, 25 minutes away, if I remember looking at it correctly. What do you think? So, like, give us a little overview, kind of, like, what's the par, you know, what's the, what tees you played, how long was it, all that type of stuff. So, it's interesting. Um, they set up the tees based off of, kind of, like, the preference. So, there is no, like, five tee boxes. There are, like, different tees, but based on who's playing, they'll just put one tee box for that group. So, we played in, I guess, the whites which I guess is the average golfer. It's a par 72. The rating is about a 75. Very hilly, a lot of water, but not too, not too narrow. I think it's a very, it's a hard course, but I think it's scorable if you can, I mean, I guess that's every round, but if you can keep it on the fairway, stay out of the rough, because they had some high roughs. So yeah, that that's what made it more difficult. If you didn't get on the fairway, you are just, chopping weeds at that not weeds but you're digging did they tell you what type of grass the um course was so on this little golf pass website it shows that it's bermuda grass which i you i don't know anything about grass so that sounds right so i'll go with bermuda that sounds right and then did you did you ride or walk so that course is walk only. So they have a caddy system. They basically, they watch you when you're at, during your session on the driving range and they kind of get an idea feel of how you play your shot shape. And then they'll basically, it was a walkable course. It wasn't bad. Um, and they'll carry, they carry your clubs. So it actually made it very enjoyable. Actually, if I get that service every time I would go hundred percent caddy every time. Was that your first time with a caddy? I think it's my second time. First time I was really young though, so I don't remember too much of it. <laughs> do, do you think the caddy helped you play? Do you, do, do you help you play better or worse? Or all right, so I guess the group can pretty much confirm that I am not the best putter. I think I'm improving, but with the caddy, they know every, I guess every hill, little slope. The reads, they give it to you. So they tell you where to aim. They give you like a percentage of how hard you swing. Um, and that made it really, really easy. I was hitting putts within inches with when I was like 40, maybe 40 feet to 50 feet away. I was putting it within a few inches. So they definitely made putting, they made putting 100% easier. One of my buddies um, in Columbia, he's played Sage Valley couple times because i think he knows also knows a member he was telling us uh one time when we were playing at brink valley in columbia that there's only like 200 members for the whole club and like 150 of those are considered local or like within an hour drive so that just seems like it seems crazy that a course as nice as sage valley can exist with only having like 200 members total and he said on average they only have 24 golfers per day so six groups of four play that course per day which is like crazy when we think about like trying to get tea times other places but i mean i couldn't even imagine how much it is to like join and or like monthly dues etc um but it is like a golf and gun club i guess so there might be other members for the gun part of the club who are who are supplying some of the funds but yeah that's just like 
crazy that that courses can exist with that few members. Yeah, Fred was saying that the owner of that course built the foundations or did something with construction with all the Walmarts. So if you're in business with Walmart, you probably have a ton of it. And he basically during COVID, heard he's a really good guy. During COVID, he paid when everyone was not golfing as much, he paid everyone their rates and everything. So stand out to the, or big up to that guy. Back to the course a little bit. I guess what I guess what's your kind of what was your favorite and what least favorite holes on the course? Yeah, so basically my favorite hole was the it was one or eighteen. You're basically surrounded by greenery, like the whole fairway and tee boxes were green. Like I don't know how to keep it so green in the winter. Like if I can get my yard looking like that, I'd be happy. But it was insane. Like the water was just to my left, a little creek on eighteen. You had to hit a little dog it was like a three wood maybe 250 and then a dog leg slough but that was beautiful and then 18 was just like a long straight short par four but just the way that it looks the way that the hole is surrounded by nature just makes it look really beautiful and then number two is also a very beautiful hole or hole it's a par three you're basically uphill hitting into a little or it's like surrounded by like water essentially um you gotta hit like a little 120 pitch i hit the middle of the green and my ball spun back and went into the water so that's probably my least favorite hole um just because of that shot but it was a fun shot and a pretty hole so really no bad holes it was just that one ended in a bad result so i'll take that as my least favorite surprised you said one of your favorite holes was the dog like left with your shot shape 2022 year of draw for Pat. Can confirm for his first couple of rounds of 2022, he is not drawing the ball yet. So <laughs> there's been a couple of shots where I've said I was going to hit a draw and I've hit one. So that's a big improvement. I've also heard a couple of shots where you said you're going to hit a draw and hit it more right than than any other hole in the course. So. <laughs> but to be fair, we 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 beat Nathan and Audie with ease, so I didn't need that's to true. showcase my talent yet. That's true. Your draw percentage, though, is increasing from zero to to five percent. So I'll take it. And then uh, I guess you know, made to close it out. What what stands out most for you for from from that course? Like, what's uh, you know, now that you're, I guess, a week or so removed, you know, what what's still sticking with you from it? It's very intimidating at first. So I I would say if you're ever playing in a course where there is there are caddies. I would say just kind of relax. Um, even though they're watch, there's like eight of them watching you on the tee box. It's, I would say, just take a deep breath and just play. At first, it was pretty challenging on the first couple holes and on the driving range, um, just having them like all eyes on you essentially. So that, if you can get past that, it makes it, it makes normal golf kind of feel like you're cheated now. Like when I go play at my home course. Like I'm, I feel like I wish there was more, and I kind of feel like I'm spoiled after that experience. But it's, I would say, if you get a chance to play at a caddy course that's like as upscaled as Sage Valley, it's worth the experience. Yeah, definitely would be a new experience. I think Nate, have you? Did you use? I think you used caddies once, right? Yeah, I've, I've used caddy before, and I can attest that definitely helps on the putting green when, when they know so much about the course and they've walk the grounds 
a hundred times more than that, but, and they kind of lighten the mood. So it's always low pressure, but yeah, I played the ocean course twice with caddies and uh, definitely around the greens when, I mean, you know, you got to hit the other shots, but when they can tell you where it's going to go and you can listen, it's right. It's, it's nice and kind of goes to test as caddies on the tour. When you got a good caddy, it's, it's almost like a second person there to help you out your game and the mental part. So, so it, it was definitely, a, it's definitely inter- interesting and a, and a good time. Yeah. My caddy probably gave up on me after he saw me slice every ball. He probably felt like I was Bryson DeChambeau. Hey, at least he knew where to look for it. <laughs> that is true. Oh, that is true. They literally have, they're like ball hawks. They like, I probably hit like four drives in the woods just because my partner hit good shots. We played um captain's choice, two man teams. So I would just power swing. For some, like, they literally found every ball. Like, I don't know how, but it was legit. Like, it was insane. I would say the sign of a good caddy is if if you don't lose a golf ball. Yeah. They probably know where the bounces are, too. Like, oh, if you hit it in here, like, there's a ravine. So if it hits in the woods, it's, like, going to the right or to the left. Like, they've kind of what Nate said. When they walk the course so much, like, it's probably easy for them or they see the tree, and then when they get up to the tree, they know exactly what tree the ball like went past or like dove into the woods on. Yeah. Sometimes, hey, sometimes we're we're good caddies for each other when we play two man and like best ball or something on the course. Um, I know with this group and, and a couple other buddies I play with, it's fun to play best ball or cart cart golf because then you can like caddy. Or, uh, help out help out your playing partner um and i tend to play better just because oh should i go for the hero shot or the the pitch out things like that but yeah i want to play with the with actual caddy one time see what happens yeah i will say if we ever play a two-man within this group we all know who the best two tag teams are yeah nate, nate uh, naughty can, can... Got, got a little ass whooping last weekend so he can he can attest to who the who the real the real duo is in the group. We'll see about that. The real the real secret to to the caddies is that they actually just figure out what ball you're going to play with pre round, and they go to the pro shop and get a bunch of those extra. <laughs> and then when they walk in the woods, they can just, hey, I got your ball. So that's right. That's the secret. They got they a, they got a pile. They got that, a but... pile in the woods of just a bunch of the name brand <laughs> balls, and they just walk in and just pull it out. Yep, that's the. That's what they don't want you to know. That's the behind the scenes. That's the TikTok hacks that they, you know, that someone's going to start posting soon. That's how they get a better tip. Hey, it's, it, I tell you, if I don't lose a golf ball, the tip will go up. I, you know, so. That, for the, that tipping system there, the minimum tips for a caddy was 160. If I knew that, I would have been a caddy in high school. Shoot. Yeah, it can be, it can be a good system. But. Well, you think like they're caddying one. Like you were probably the only person the whole day, so like 160 bucks or whatever. They're they got go. They probably got other duties besides caddying. Otherwise, yeah. 160 that, for four hours. I'll take it. I, mean, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think good. in theory, right? If it's four hours, you could probably get two in a day. But yeah, one one to two. You're not getting a ton of volume. I think so. I think that'll wrap us up here, and I think we'll go ahead and bounce or head on over to our little you know game segment we're gonna do. So we're gonna play a, a little game. Uh, where the guys are going to try to guess who who did that. Um, so we're going to be I'm going to I'm going to be calling out uh, specific stat categories from 2021, 
the guys are going to try to guess, you know, who who did that and, you know, who is leading that statistical category for 2021. So uh, I guess you guys have any questions before we get started or pretty straightforward. How many how many guesses are we getting as a group? I uh, will, you know, like maybe like one or two per person. And then, uh, you know, if, it, if right. we're not really trending in the right direction, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it up. Do we have to answer like in Jeopardy? Yeah, we'll get a. Uh, you have to answer in the form of a question. So who is? I'm just kidding. All right, so we'll start off. It might be an easy one, but most wins for 2021. Cantley. Yep, Patrick Cantley. All right, how many wins? Do you know? Was it not five? It was four. Four wins. Most wins. I guess some notables there. Nobody won three last year, but Morikawa, Harris English, Stuart Sink, Bryson, and uh, Kokrak all won two. So notable. All right. Uh, and John Rom. John Rom won two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, asterisks. Asterisks <laughs> two. John Rom. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right. M- most top tens last year. JT. Not JT. Rory. John Rom. Not J- it is John Rom. John yeah. Rom. JT and Rory are are up there, but not as high as you probably think. All right, John Rom. How many? Sam. How many think? Uh, how many think it was? Uh, seven. Seven? Okay. I'll go no, I'll go higher. I'll go tw- right. I'll go twelve. How many 12? turns did he play last year? Uh you're gonna ask me that. It's uh he played uh twenty two events. I would say seventeen. You're close. It was fifteen. Fifteen top top fifteen top tens and only one win. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's kinda kinda crazy. But yeah, that was like close. old Tony Finau. Yeah, now notable yeah. I think no, notable thing for here is that the, the next closest People, there's a tie for next closest was at nine. So he had six more top tens than the next closest last year. So there's in a that category, one at the end. Yeah, it in that category, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Abraham Anser, and Bryson. So you know, I guess the name that surprised me there was honestly Dustin Johnson. I feel like I didn't hear much of him this year. So the fact that he was, you know, number tied for second in most top tens was a little surprising. Dude, answer answer is like sneaky. Being yeah, tied for second in top ten, and this past weekend he played well. I think he was top fifteen, but like, man, that one yeah, surprised this, me. Yeah, no answer. I mean, definitely like in that category, he's he's definitely you know punching above his weight class a little bit, but you know maybe not going forward. Right, his he's getting there, getting up there. All right, average driving distance. This one will probably be easy for you guys. Bryson. Yeah, Bryson. Nate Jones. It was yeah, Bryson. So here, I guess the real challenge, the real challenge here is who do you think was number two? Uh, Brooks. Rory? It was Rory. Rory McIlroy, number mm-hmm. two. So Bryson average drive of 323 and then a Rory 319. So, so they're pretty. Uh, That's like pretty three four <laughs> yard, four yard average higher than second is a lot for pros. Yeah. No, I think that was a lot. Looking at the, you know, in the statistical categories, I think that's one of the, besides Rom's top tens, like that was probably one of the other biggest gaps as far as like first to second. So, all right. Uh, next one is going to be a driving accuracy. I think this one will be tough. So if you guys aren't trending well, I might give you a hint quicker, but. All right, guess the one. It's going to be like Shane Lowry. Uh, it's, it is not. It's, I think you're kind of in the right headspace. As far as Russell Knox, 
Not uh, no, no, no. Sure. No. Uh, University of Georgia. That's my hint for you guys. Kisner. Nope. Grayson um, Murray. Oh. Nope. How about uh, English? Harris English. Nope. All right, all right. No, it is Brendan Todd. Wow. Nope. Okay. Never would have guessed it. All right. What do you think the percent? All right. What do you think the percentage? So driving accuracy from the number one guy. What do you think the percentage is? Sixty-five point six. 69. 64. That's 69's a great guess, but is wrong. Nice. No, 75. So Ooh, wow. That's pretty good. That yeah, that's really good. I, that surprised me. When I first threw my I was in the mid sixties for, for my guess. So that I think that, that one's a Mike, you capture all your misses. What what are you right now on fairways? Um, driving accuracy? Yeah. It's at thirty four percent. So not, but, not close. So three times better than Pat. I know. Mike's, <laughs> Mike's, <laughs> Mike's got a new tip that's helping him. That's, that's true. Actually, yeah. My driving accuracy last round probably was 75%. So, you know, if we can just keep that going. All right. Greens in regulation. More Cala. Definitely more Cala. Definitely. It is not more Cala. He is top 10. He's number six. So it's a good guess, but not, not more Cala. Greens in regulation. This, this one might be tough. Is it Cantley? This is, no, this is someone who played well the last two weeks, though. Or at least this week. I don't think they were in last week, but played well this week. Kisner? No. English? Uh, Kevin, no. Uh... No, no, no. No, you guys aren't really around it. I don't I don't really have any more hints, so I'm just going to... Cameron Piercy? No. Nope. No. I don't... Yeah, I didn't... All right, what about percentage? About... What, do you think the, what do you think the green green and regulation percentage is for the top 89. guy? 89. 89, okay. I'll go, um, I'll go uh, 80, 85. Okay. I'll go 84. No, you guys are all way too high. It's 72%. So that's probably, that's probably a lesson for for any amateur golfer, right? If you're like, if you're looking at your greens and regulation percentage, just think about like the top guys are only in the low 70s. So Does it give you like an average distance out? You know what? I don't have that. So, okay. But, you know, next time I'll, I'll try to get it. So. All right, here we go. Well, now we're going to putting. So average putts, or average putts per hole. Who had the lowest average putts per hole? Cam. That, that is 100% correct. Cam Smith. I don't think you'll get it, but it's 1.689 putts per hole. So pretty good. I guess some other notables in the top. So you have Jordan Spieth at three, Patrick Reed at, at five. So they're... This category is very close. Like, I think the difference between one and five is like 0. 0.02 or something like that. So, like, this category is definitely one of the closer ones. But Cam Smith is number one. All right. And then we're going to go, what about save percentage? Who had the highest save percentage on tour last year? Is it speed? It is not speed. Kevin, I actually, I, I actually, for as much credit as speed gets for his, you know, play around the greens and stuff, he is. He is very low on this list. Uh, is that, uh, that's out of the bunker, though, right? I mean, save percentage is any time you miss the green, still get Patrick Reed. Not, not P. Reed. P. Reed is up there, six, six in that category. Oh. Uh, so I heard you say Kevin Na. Kevin Na's twelve. So, is it not, not more more Kawa? No, not more Kawa. I think he has uh, too Dustin? many greens to be in that category. Dustin? No, no, you're a little off. So think. Is it is it someone that we like? 
name wise is, would know. Yeah, this is like one in popularity. You're talking top ten most popular golfers. Phil, JT, not nope. You've eliminated two of the top ten though, so you need more tries. Is Brooks Kapka? Yeah, really? Yeah, huh. yeah. I I was very surprised with that. I guess notable here: Xander Shoffley at second, Cam Smith at third. Uh, the save percentage. What do you think the save percentage is for the top guy on tour? Sixty-four. That's close enough. I'll get it's sixty-five. So nice. I was rounding Pretty up. Close. Yeah, you round it. <laughs> gotta keep it. Gotta keep the even numbers. All right, now we're gonna get a little bit out of the percentages and go with who do you think had the most eagles this year? I personally don't think you're gonna get this one. So I'll give you guys one guess and then I'll just jump to an answer. I mean, I'm gonna state the obvious and say Bryson just because of his driving. Yeah, Bryson is two, so that was a pretty good guess. He was he was actually he was second by one by one eagle, so it's a good guess. Cameron Champ, Cameron Champ. Nope. Oh, I love I love the guess, but not Cameron Champ. Shoffley. Nope, not Shoffley either. So is it uh, Brooks again? No, no. This is I guess I don't think you would get this one. This is Cam Davis. Oh man, Cam Davis. So, so Nate, you were last close. week. You got the, you got the cam right, but yeah, I got the cam right. Wrong, wrong cam. You had like a one in three shot if you said just said cam. Yeah, period. yeah. So. I was rounding. I was rounding up. Yeah, rounding up. Uh, twenty eagles. So, I thought that was actually kind of low. Like I don't know what I thought the number would be, but twenty seemed lower than I thought. Uh, next category is most birdies per round. Colin? I think you guys, you guys could probably get this one. John Rahm. John Rahm is second. Is it Colin? Colin Morkow is not in the top 10. Really? Yeah. He is 16. Oh, I guess only putting... getting Asian players. I just figure with his <laughs> iron striking, he would put it within pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick he's... Reed. Like... Patrick Reed. Patrick nah, Reed. Not... No, I don't, I don't, man, he's not, I don't see him on the list. Is it like uh, I'm Cantley? I'm not skipping him. Cantley nope. or Bryson? No, I think, yeah, think, think back to like some of the top guys again. This is another one of those top guys. Xander? Dustin. It's, so Bryson's three, so I'll go and eliminate that for you. Not DJ. Xander? No, think about a resurging career. Rory? Yeah, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, so this one, this one honestly was kind of like the most, Heavy hitting, like the top three was Rory, Rahm, and Bryson. So I was like, all right, that kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. um, statistically... 4.5, 4.514 Jeez. is the uh, birdies per round. Statistically, who has the most ripped shirts? I think, I think that prob in, in private, probably Bryson, but publicly, I yeah. have to say Rory. So, most protein shakes per round. <laughs> most that's Bryson at seven, I think, is what I remember yeah. from when he. When he had to, what did he withdraw or did he just miss the cut? I don't remember when he had like his brain stopped working or whatever at the one of the opens. I, can't I remember. Remember when but, he set his driver down and people thought he just broke it, but really the head just like snapped off. They were like, "Dude, stop lifting." That's, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny to watch live. I, I, my, the funniest thing for me was just people yelling Brooksy at him. Personally, I don't. I'm not sure why that's funny. It's it's really not funny saying it, but it was hilarious in the moment. All right, so this is the last one. This one's a little bit of a bonus. So this is not a 2021 stat, but it is updated 
as of 2021. So uh, the question is, who had the most rounds of 62 or better since 1983? Yeah, Jim Furyk. Wow. Okay. Oh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna dissect both of those. One. JT is number two. So that was a great guess. And then surprising, like the most surprising name on here was Jim Furyk, and he is tied for tied for fourth. Well, so, I know because he shot 59 once, so I was like, he's got to be somewhere close. I mean, those those are two great guesses. So I think he I think he has two 59s, right? Or am I wrong? I think so. Um, 62 or better. Is this guy? I don't think Tiger's on there. The every yeah on on the list they're at, they are all active, so you you would be able to get them. Um, Tiger is on there. In fact, I'll say that. Like, is this per year? What? No, this is, is just it... total. Total okay. since 1983. Sergio. Well, you could no, say people who... John Rahm? No. I'll give you... shot one last week. Yeah, I'll give you... So, Tiger, I'll say Tiger's tied for second. So, that was... he's he's def... He is up there. No, um, but first place, I'll say... Got, a, got into a little beef on Twitter this week. Kevin Nah? Kevin Nah. Jeez. I did that was that was like the most surprising stat when I was looking through the stats. That one honestly surprised me the most. Um, so I got that one from uh, Jason Sobel on Twitter. So hopefully I said that name correct. But that one did surprise me the most. Uh, he had 11, 11 rounds of 62 or better. So JT and Tiger tied at nine. And then there's a handful of people, including Jim Furyk at eight. So Kevin Knott is going to be at the uh, PJ office on Monday. Saying, please shorten events to one day because I'm about to win. I yeah, I don't. I see. So here's the, here's the sad thing for me. I was like the the quote unquote best beef in Twitter was Kevin Na saying it's getting old that somebody's missing cuts, and I was like, I oh yeah, I didn't really think Graydon that was that Murray, good of a burn. That was but hilarious. I but it really wasn't even that good of a burn though. Like it's like I don't know, very well, tame. Coming from like, Kevin Na, it was funny. Yeah. For for the golf world, I'd say that's good. Um, and Kevin, not he's on the list the, of the Netflix documentary. So you know, I don't, you know, not not saying this was Pip related or anything like that. But you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get more insight into some of these guys with this whole Netflix documentary coming out. Yeah, um, next next episode we'll talk about the Netflix documentary. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely could be a good thing. I did see that the PGA doesn't have any rights to editing. So, like, the producers of the documentary don't have to run anything by the PGA before they uh, post it, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, nuts. they can't censor, or they can't, like, sometimes with hard knocks, like, NFL still has a hand in it. So, I feel like you don't get the best, the best clips. Um, but, like, following all these golfers, I think, I think is good for golf. Yeah. I guess we'll just see how. Like, I know, I know they say the PGA doesn't have a hand in it, but I guess, like, you know, if they want to do this for multiple multiple seasons, they're probably going to make sure that uh, that they well, they're still gonna you know, do a favorable job with some of yeah, it. Yeah, they're so. still going to have to like do a favorable job from the player standpoint, or the players can like opt out of participating. Yeah. So that's that's like one thing. Yeah, I mean, but that, yeah, that'll be yeah, fun. Like you said, yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely cover that more. Uh, in an upcoming episode, you know, go into a little bit more deep dive about that. But it definitely, I mean, it's, at least what I'll say is it's encouraging 
you know, to see something new, I mean, you know, hard knocks, uh, you know, that type of stuff, the drive to survive uh, from from Formula One. Like, I think this is kind of the golf's approach to that style of of content. And, you know, I hope they do a good job. Yeah, I have another uh, unofficial stat that people may be able to guess about the Masters. I don't know if it. it's right at all, but I think you guys <laughs> may be able to guess a golfer. <laughs> from doing, from from participating in some of my betting pools for like the last eight years, Mike and Nate will probably be able to guess it. Who, what golfer leads to the most top tens after day one of the Masters? Most top tens after day one of the Masters? Yeah, so put you in a really good spot for the betting pool, and then the weekend comes and you're you're out of it. You're thinking... Is it, is it like Sergio? No. Uh, it's a guy you wouldn't think of. He has red hair. Is it Shane, Shane Lowry? No, not Shane. Wait. All right, Charlie Charlie Hoffman. Oh, Charlie Hoffman. I feel that's <laughs> that's an unofficial stat, but I'm pretty sure he's got to be in the top five of like being first or second after day one of the Masters. I think the unofficial stat is also that like whenever CW is in that pool, he is either first <laughs> or last. Yep, because <laughs> no, he chooses no Charlie Hoffman. It's just no in between. He's he's ride or die. He's all yeah. in or we're not nowhere close to the top so. yeah but that's fun i can't wait for the masters so this yesterday's uh sony open just made me looking forward to the spring and and now we have golf for like next 40 something weeks well that's our show thank you everybody i uh, hope you enjoyed